The Scream Kings are in no way responsible for any encounters with the paranormal, extraterrestrial abductions, eldritch insanity, hauntings, curses, hexes, demonic possessions, cryptozoological sightings, or any loss of sleep that results from listening to this podcast. This is the Scream Kings Podcast. I'm Nathaniel Darkish, and today I am with Elizabeth Suggs. Elizabeth, you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Hi, everyone. So I'm a a writer and an editor. Um, I recently published a book called Collective Darkness. It's a horror anthology with 11 other authors. I have a publishing house with uh, Collective Tales Publishing and and also an editing business for editing me. So doing a, a few things, but... Yeah, all of it comes together in the end. To be clear, is everything that you're doing all horror-related in terms of your writing and your editing, Mm -hmm. or or is it a little bit of everything? So I try to keep it in the speculative fiction. With Collective Tales Publishing, that's just, we're publishing different anthologies. So next one will be uh, fantasy, and then after sci-fi and dystopia, and then horror. So it kind of goes in like a a pattern. But I want to always keep horror as like a, a main focus too. So even though horror, we just had Collective Darkness published, and we won't have another one published for a little while, it's going to be an in-between darkness, which is going to be a shorter anthology, but it'll, ha- it'll be like a you know, quick bite you can have, just to have other submissions for that. So always keeping it up, because I, I love horror, but I know I have a lot of writing friends who like different genres, so they like to taste different things, right? If, if genre was a food, but <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's a metaphor. We're, we're, we're literary like that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, I definitely have lots more questions about, you know, the horror anthology, but before we get into that, just kind of want to get uh, a better feel for you as a uh, horror fan. Um, So how did you get into the horror genre? Oh, I've been writing horror for so long. Maybe I'm slightly demented, I don't know. But one of my favorite authors is is H.P. Lovecraft, and his story, The Outsider, just... I know it's not one of his scariest, and we can talk about his scariest later, but that one just hit me so hard, and I'm just like, I need to write horror, and you know, also having just like those horrific thoughts, and so I've always been attracted to horror, like in all genres, but with books, I have more the most power. Um, so I've been doing it for years. Yeah. So just yeah, kind of just always been ingrained in in what you're doing then. No matter what I do, it's always there's a little horror and everything. <laughs> Well, I know exactly what that's like. So I guess along those lines, uh, what is your, is uh, The Outsider your very favorite uh, piece of uh, horror fiction? That one is one of my favorite ones in H.P. Lovecraft, just because it spoke to me so much. Just it's like that isolation and the monstrosity at the end, finding out, I don't want to spoil too much, but just like finding out a monster. But another one would be uh, in the H.P. Lovecraft would be, you know, the, uh, color from out of space because it's i don't know it has still with kids so it's like messed up in another way and i also like edgar Allan poe like these are like classics right i don't know there's just something about the classics that it's refreshing compared to some of the other stuff nowadays like you get more contemporary and it's fun in different ways but um there's like an artistic poetic way that they word things that 
really attracts me to them. That's fair. I mean, they're classics for a reason. I, I definitely uh, appreciate both Lovecraft and Poe. They're, they're incredible wordsmiths. Um, yeah. And yeah, I actually, so with the uh, high school English, uh, I teach Cask of Amontillado. So oh, I was cool. very excited to, to dive into some Poe. Oh, that's so cool. And it's so relevant. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. That's, that's what's so great about horror. It's always relevant. It's, mm-hmm. you know, there's always a, a yeah. reason to be scared and always, you know, it's fantastic. Okay, well, let's dive into this anthology. So, Collective yeah. Darkness, what, tell, tell us about it. Oh, man, this is a two-year project. I, I actually didn't know how hard it would be to create an anthology. This is my first anthology, so I was head editor, head producer. I, you know, I, I, um, I, I created this, uh, you know, just, just decided to start it. So, I, uh, yeah, I was, like, herding cats at one point. I, I've said that a few times before where it's just like, because it's, all these different authors who have, you know, either have been published or haven't, and so they don't know my style. So it was, that was a really interesting experience. But I, I, you know, I love all the stories. I'm a little biased because I love my brother's story a lot, <laughs> but his is Feast, and it's like with this disturbing monster and a, a mom and daughter, daughter. But I just like that disturbing aspect, I think. Figure in the Mirror is... Another disturbing one I like. I mean, they're all great. It's like a mother, though. You know, you love all of them, but you have favorites <laughs> without doing anything. So was there like a, a particular theme or was it just, you know, horror generally or was it like mm-hmm. a more specific like theme within horror that you were working around or? Right. So it was darkness. It's the uh, that hidden realm, like the, the horrific type of darkness that you can find, you know under the bed or in your mind. So it's a little more uh, vague compared to some, but I really like that opening up of just like the possibility because we were able to get uh, a lot of great work. There was another one called Padua's Eyes where it had to do with a sparkly vampiric pony. So, you know, that's like the complete opposite of darkness, right? But then there's the vampires and then there's like these, you know, caves that they go into and they dwell in like this darkness. So there was a lot of creativity with that. But the there's a lot of psychological. So if you like psychological horror, you're going to like this anthology. So there's a, a pretty steady theme of that in Darkness. One thing I, I know that uh, you uh, mentioned just from our, our conversations, that this is a like a Utah uh, authors. Is everyone from Utah? Yep. Yeah, they're all local authors, all local editors. We're also creating an audiobook. It's in the process. It'll it's almost done, but and those are also all local narrators. I wanted to keep it really local. We might expand to different authors in different regions, but we want to. I, I want to always have local in the anthologies because, you know, you got to keep that local flavor alive. It's the most important thing, right? So, well, as a uh, local Utah horror writer myself, I, I definitely appreciate that because. I, I feel like you know people don't necessarily associate Utah with horror, which I think is a shame because we actually have a a lot of uh, really uh, impressive talent here. Are there any particular writers that you want to highlight for uh, from the anthology that um, that we should be looking out for, especially? Well, in in the uh, definitely Edward Suggs for Feast, Jonathan Redock in Padua's Eyes, Brandon Prowse for The Figure in the Mirror. If you want to do, and Jen Elwin for Poltergeist, and it's like two different words as a play on words. And then, you know, you could also look at mine. It's always weird, self-promoting. 
but it's uh, Into the Dark. There's no harm in, in uh, shameless self-promotion. It's Yeah, I feel so weird every time I do it. There's like that little part of my mind. I know this is like a problem with a lot of um, authors too, because doing the anthology, I'm trying to get people to learn how to market themselves. That's another way to like, they do these anthologies and then they'll know what to expect for having a novel, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm like trying to get them to the market and just like tell people like be excited, you know, and they are excited. But it's it's weird to be like, yeah, I'm so great. But it's like it's OK to say that. And I, I mean, I, I tell them to do that, but I I also have a problem with it, too. So I, I you know, I get that that hesitation. Yeah. Well, well, I guess maybe maybe the, the key is just to, you know, be excited about the piece rather than about yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad that you're here promoting this this collection and and your story and all of that. So I I really kind of want to know you know what what really goes into the process of of like you know making a an anthology you know how how are you choosing the pieces was it just you know that you had writers that you wanted to to feature or was it kind of more that you had some submissions kind of what what was the the process like of of kind of developing what pieces would be in this uh, anthology. So for this anthology, it was more, you know, finding the right pieces that fit the theme and just finding the right people. Um, for the, the following anthologies, though, it's they have blind judges and it's going to all just be more kind of like how we have in the horror anthology, the one I'm editing, which you're in. And, and that one was more also blind judge, right? And um, I like that aspect because it kind of you know, it gets the best pieces without bias, because I don't want to be biased in this. Having the Collective Darkness, I, I think we made some really great pieces. But, you know, I, I also was new to finding anthology pieces, so I didn't know, like I had done judging, but I didn't know so much on that. So um, I really like that. So that's what we're doing for following anthologies. Okay. So I guess what what has uh, been the uh, sort of response that you've gotten to to the anthology? We got, uh, you know, bestseller for new releases in the very beginning. So that was really exciting. Um, We got a a lot of hype and uh, and we still have a little, you know, like the hype is still going. It's a constant, it's like a very, it's a steady. So it's pretty exciting. We're, you know, expanding our Instagram and uh, Facebook group and, Doing a lot of social media, especially nowadays, because we were going to do the FearCon, but that got canceled. And so, you know, we're trying to do conferences, but you, you just can't now, like in, you know, this year. So we've been doing a lot of social media and that's helped like keep us steady because it's like conferences, you know, social media. If you you can use it as if it's like a virtual conference, just like talking with people about their stuff, your stuff. And along those lines, you know, this is this is definitely a way to, to you know, bring uh, this anthology in, into the awareness of of the listeners mm-hmm. so where can people uh get their hands on it uh go on to our website to www.collectivedarkness.com you can also go on amazon and just find it there if you just type in collective darkness but yeah so it's pretty easy to find and you probably find it just searching on google but okay Wait, go on to the website i think that's the best one uh, go to www.collectivedarkness.com but then you can see all the cool Authors you can look at, you can check out their bios. We have a little bio page and, uh, and like the cover art and everything. So, is, is there something about like horror short stories that that stands out to you? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious just because, yeah. you know, as, as you mentioned, you know, you, you're, you're benching a lot of Poe and Lovecraft, and these those are men not necessarily known for writing uh, lengthy horror 
Yeah. So what what about the the horror in in the short form that uh, makes it appeal to you? So I have read, you know, um, some longer stuff, um, and I think, and I think it can be good, but the what appeals to me so much about short stories is that there you start immediately in the action, and it's just constant, like this constant horrific thing. You know, there's there is character development, but it seems to be like you have to know this stuff, and now let's get into the fright. But like with a you know a book. It can do that, but, you know, just because of pacing, it seems to, you, you have to do other elements to keep it going strong. So I've just, I'm just, I just love that quick bite, you know, usually like no more than 50 pages, 50 pages can, or, you know, and I guess that like some of Edgar, or, um, H.P. Lovecraft's was pretty long too. There was like, either a hundred pages, but, you know, nothing too novel length, I think, because then it keeps that quick pace. I like that tension. Fair enough. Yeah, definitely, definitely uh, trims all of the fat and just yeah, you know, it's lean and mean and scary. Yes, exactly. My favorite. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I I find that yeah a lot of times I I'm surprised because I'm not usually the biggest short story guy just generally mm-hmm. speaking, uh, which is a weird thing because I end up teaching lots of short stories in yeah. uh, high school. But I really enjoy uh, horror short stories probably more than other uh, genres even because to me. Mm-hmm. If you can scare me in just a few pages, then you can do something really impressive. And, yes. and I feel like a lot of writers, their their very best work ends up coming out in their short fiction. Like even like yep. uh, you know big names like Stephen King. Like to me, one of the very best things he's ever written was a short story called N. And so I I just love when when I get to get scared by something without it having to take hours and hours of, of my time yeah. to, to get to the, the, the creepy bits. I completely agree. I, I'm, I hope this doesn't anger a lot of people, but I'm not a huge Stephen King fan because I really like his ideas. I like how they start a lot, but he just goes on for a long time. Yes, <laughs> and, yes. And so I'm just like, uh, but I like his short story. I, any short story I've read of Stephen King, I have liked. But yeah, anything um, like I really like the stand, but it was it was really long. And I, I like long stories like I, you know, I, I love, you know, Name of the Wind. But, you know, that's fantasy. It's like and it's supposed to be long. So it's yes, yeah. yeah. Stephen King tends to, uh, I would say, get a little bloated in a lot of his yeah. writing. I think that's what that's a perfect word. Yeah, I, I think that maybe with him, uh, we, we have the un- unfortunate side effect of him being so famous that editors are mm-hmm. afraid to help him edit his work down and make it meaner and leaner. Yeah. And so then we end up with just, yeah, these massive novels that just meander for a while, like The Stand or Under the Dome or It, when, um, yeah, his shorter stuff tends to be a lot better. Like yeah. Misery. Misery is a much shorter novel, and it's just mean the whole way it's through. shorter. Yeah. Or Children of the Corn, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he definitely delivers with some very impressive short stories. Uh, I, I don't think mm-hmm. it's a surprise that a lot of his, his short stories end up being uh, turned into movies uh, when a lot yeah. of his books may or may not. Right, it's like a hit or miss. So I guess, are there other uh, horror writers, you know, outside, moving away from the anthologies specifically, uh, other horror writers that, that you really enjoy their short work? Uh, maybe, well, not for short fiction. Uh... But like another, like a longer story that works for me a lot is Bram Stoker's Dracula. 
Um, so that's, you know, not really short stories. Um, but cause like another horror writer, I didn't really get it. Oh no, this is, uh, I didn't really get into a lot of Richard Matheson's short stories, but they seem more sci-fi. So yeah, but I like, and then, uh, Frankenstein was, I really liked Frankenstein and I, I could see that like the short, it being a short story compared to its novel length. Yeah. For, uh, for horror, I think. You know, I, I like the Dracula, Anne Rice, Mary Shelley, but those are not necessarily, you know, short stories. But. That, that's totally fine. Um, so one thing that, that came up in our uh, discussion prior to uh, having you on the uh, yeah. on, on the podcast, it was just this idea that you're not really that mm-hmm. into uh, things like horror movies. So do you have any thoughts about, like, why horror movies oh, yeah. don't work when... <laughs> when like uh, horror literature and some other media do? Right. So I think my biggest problem with horror uh, movies, especially, um, is the fact that there's this standard. They have this, you know, it's always about jump scares. It's always about like quick flash. uh, Let's cut you up and kill you. Like there's, I like... You know, the slasher films are fun, but they're definitely not scary to me. Like um, Freddy Krueger, like... That, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street, that's fun. It's not scary to me. So I, I would never, I would consider it almost a different genre. Mm-hmm. But like some of this stuff that's supposed to be really scary, like the, the most recent stuff, I haven't even watched a lot of horror movies these days because I've not really been that scared. It's just, I think what it is, is I like psychological horror a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's, and you get mostly, you get that mostly in books and games. and um, and. Cause I, you know, you can, I can jump from a jump scare, but if I don't have some like a, a solid story to pull me along, that's unique and fun. I'm just going to get bored. And I also am not a, I, I don't like sitting for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And so um, a lot of horror movies I found are like two hours long and I'm fatigued jumps being jump scared, you know, after two hours, I'm like, this is, let's do an hour and a half, you know? And I know some hour and a half, like horror movies have come out that are an hour and a half long, but. There, they just, I just haven't gotten that scared from them. And I, I just, I think that's what it is. I'm just like looking for a psychological, just like eat at me for days on end afterward scare. And I just don't get that with movies. Well, I have several recommendations, but we can get into that oh, after okay. the podcast. Okay, cool. Good, good. Because yeah, to me, yeah, I, I also don't really like the jump scare very much. Like to me, yeah. jump scares, I, I, I like to compare that to uh, if I went to see a comedy show and then the comedian just came out and tickled me. <laughs> it's it's yeah. not it's not fair it's it's it just made me jump i i reacted to something i didn't yes. get scared exactly so yeah well um yeah hopefully i can uh give you a, a few solid recommendations that might Ooh. work better for you i'm super picky so if you can get me to get scared you you just got an a plus i well, don't know on what but it's you got an a plus of something well uh you know five stars on uh, itunes or something <laughs> okay great i'll do that so uh, you mentioned horror video games. Should we uh, mm-hmm. can we jump into to some of those? Because uh, yes. I agree. Like I think horror video games are often uh, are some of the scariest experiences yes. as a horror fan. So what are some uh, horror video games that you love, and mm-hmm. why do you love them? Uh, so I'm a huge horror game fan, and my I, I could go on, but uh, my top three. Well, let's say top four actually. My top. Four, um, like Amnesia, 
Soma and Outlast. And then another one, which is like completely random compared to them is Resident Evil 4. Resident Evil 4 and also Resident Evil 1. Those Resident Evil games, they're not like Resident Evil 1 is more scary. Resident Evil 4 is more like action-y. I think by with the Amnesia, Soma and Outlast, the reason why those actually scare me is that you can't really fight. Like you like you you're supposed to hide and run away. <laughs> yeah. And that this just like messes with me. <laughs> and um and the stories are really solid. They're really like, you know, they're they're well thought out. They're, you know, they're not just like this one, you know, black and white thing. There's like there are layers. And that's like, you know, that psychological aspect that I, I crave. Cause like Soma, at the end of Soma, I was just like, what the like I I still cannot like that's it's a horrific idea and I don't even I don't I, I'm not gonna spoil it, but it's just it that that ending just stayed with me for days. Even still like I wanna replay it, but it won't have the same effect probably because I'm not as surprised, but Yeah, yeah. I, I... Uh, I, having played Soma myself, uh, that game stuck with me in ways that yes. uh, few other games have. Like I, I still regularly just sit and think about how upset yes. I am about the th- ideas yes. that it presented to me. Exactly, and I love. See, that's the thing is that it and um and you know books do this too, but it's the uh, those ideas that it leaves you with, and and it's and it's scary in the way that maybe it unsettles you because you can't necessarily fix it or it's, it's, you know, putting up a mirror on something that you would have rather liked to just, you know, look away from. And uh, yeah, those, those are the scares that I really crave. I just want to be so unsettled and, you know, uncomfortable <laughs> that I'm just bothered. <laughs> so do you think that because they are interactive, like that, that maybe increases the the horror to you that, that you're the one who's going through these actions. Yeah, it it does because, and that's you know kind of going into the not being able to fight back really, because you know in any game, like I play games, and in most games you can kind of just you fight your way through. I I definitely one of those people that just brute force things because I enjoy just getting into the action and dying a million times for some reason. But like with you know those games, they're completely opposite of what I'm used to, and so. And then I have to, I actually think about like because I'm slightly actually uh, a little afraid of the dark even now as like an adult, and uh, and so I play those in the dark, and I just imagine that I'm there and you know you just like you really interact and it's very terrifying. <laughs> so one thing, uh, just you know, looking at, at those games, one thing that mm-hmm. you know that stuck out was you know that that you, you know you mentioned Outlast. Uh, and I, one thing I, I find really interesting mm-hmm. about that one is is the the kind of way that it functions almost as a found footage uh, piece as well. That you know you have to yeah. control the camera, and that camera is a big part of the action. Do you like mm-hmm. found footage horror movies uh, work for you? I'm just kind of curious here now. Oh, uh, for like movie, uh, I don't know, cause I, I I I'm this I haven't I I think I've just lost faith in a lot of movies because I just haven't gotten scared. So I haven't really explored too much in horror unless it was like the, you know, the 80s movies. And those were just were like fun and not scary. So I, I don't I don't know. I can't answer. I, I wouldn't be able to answer that with movies themselves. But I do like the aspect with games. OK, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, one thing that, that you uh, briefly mentioned uh, that I'm very excited about. Uh, was just 
the fact that we uh, are both uh, in an upcoming anthology that you're uh, helping edit as well. Yes. Uh, can you uh, yeah. share a little bit about that? Oh, it's it's so exciting. Uh, and I, I, you know, I just went through your story one more time because I read it and then I had to do like a second edit, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, I, I really like your your story and how it ends. I, I think you have a, some really good pacing um, without spoiling anything for anyone, but um, I'm really excited for a lot of the stories that are coming out of that. There's a lot of um, psychological stuff, which I love, but then there's also just like different takes on horror and also people who may not have normally written horror. They've like explored that and we've made it like really fit for that horror genre. So it's really cool. Also, the cover is awesome. They, I was just, we were just shown in our little um, horror editor chat. And the the covers is really cool. I'm very excited. Um, I, I'm just curious, what 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 is your your piece about? Yeah, so it's about a uh, a woman who you know it's called Broken Bride, and it's a a woman who has to travel back to her you know her where she had like where she found her love and everything, and so you have to you discover the mystery of why she woke up, like not woke up but just why she appeared where she was. And, you know, what happens at the end. So it's a pretty short piece, but it's very much like in this uh, woman's, you know, experience of like just this whole, you know, witching hour. Because the, the anthology is called The Witching Time of Night. And so it's just every, you know, the theme is just like getting it in that witching time, either during like the stories are either during the witching time or the story happened because of the witching time of night. Excellent. Yeah, yeah it's it's going to be really cool. I can't wait to see what uh, everyone uh, did for, for that. So, uh, I don't have uh, too much else on the docket here. Um, so, uh, yeah, one thing we, we always like to do is just, you know, uh, share how we have been staying spooky lately. Uh, and I can go first. So, I uh, have been uh, watching The Haunting of Blind Manor uh, ever since it came out uh, on Friday. And I, uh, I'm hopefully going to finish it tonight because I just have one more episode, and I'm loving it. It's a very solid adaptation of Turn of the Screw. Well, loose adaptation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun. Netflix, check it out, everybody. And then I also just barely started reading a uh, horror novel called The Saturday Night Ghost Club by Craig Davidson. Yeah. I am not far enough into it to know too much of, of what it's about yet, but I really like how it's written. At least, like, the prose is fantastic. So. I'm very excited to see where it goes. What have you been doing to stay spooky? So I've been uh, I've been reading this graphic novel called it's a Cthulhu Omnibus, and it's so it's just like all these different H.P. Lovecraft like um, inspired stories, and the art is really cool. Um, so I've been staying spooky with that, and I I actually finished a, a a series called The Haunting of Hill House, and I know I was just saying <laughs> how I don't really like movies that are because they're not that scary. I feel like that one is, it wasn't scary, scary, but it was it like, it asked questions that I may have not asked before. So I thought that was really cool. Oh, that show was so great. Yeah. Are, are you familiar at all with, with the Haunting of Blind Manor that I mentioned? No, but I, that's why it made me think of that. Like, um, I, I, this is my, I just barely finished this episode or this series. So. You should definitely check out Blind Manor because it's the same okay. uh, showrunner. It's, it has a lot of the same actors. Like it's, it basically, it's, it's almost like the season two, but they, they took on a different horror oh. novel. 
So so yeah, it's basically turn of the screw when you know Freshman was haunting a filth house. So definitely oh, cool. worth your time. It's real good. Yeah, I will. I'll check it out. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that pretty much wraps up our uh, episode today. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, uh, for being on the show. Where can people find you online so they can, you know, other than you know picking up the uh, anthology Collective Darkness? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, where can people find you so they can, I don't know, you know, just interact with you, see see what you, what you're doing in the horror world and and the writing and editing yes. world. Yeah, yeah. You can find me on Facebook on facebook.com slash Elizabeth Ann, and that's A-N-N-E, Suggs, S-U-G-G-S. And then, or you can go on to Instagram and find, um, it's at Elizabeth Suggs Author. And then it, the last name is S-U-G-G-S. So, yeah, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook. Excellent. Well, since there's uh, nothing else to say, let's just say, stay spooky. Need even more Scream Kings? Here's our obligatory shameless social media plug. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Scream Kings Pod. You could also email us at ScreamKingsPodcast at gmail.com. Help us reach a wider audience of horror fans by leaving a review on iTunes or by sharing a link on social media. You could also support the show by going to Patreon.com forward slash Scream Kings. Stay spooky.